the free for all roundtable round two on round two let's say good morning to bob richardson senior counsel at national public relations michelle morrow is a music teacher deb hutton is here former advisor to two ontario premiers and deb you can answer the burning question literally uh did your husband have a mask burning ceremony Absolutely not. I spent too much money on reusable masks. They are still where I put them in the closet. Okay. Well, and I guess we'll be pulling them out today. How do you feel about the idea of being told we should all be wearing masks indoors again? So, I, I mean, we'll look forward to Jerry's show, but his comment, uh, which is I'd rather one way or another, either put us back into a mandate or let us do what we think is the appropriate thing for us as individuals is kind of where I'm at. And uh, I, I say the same thing every time, John. If it means my kids can stay in school, I'll do just about anything. So there you go. Okay, Michelle Morrow, your reaction to this? I mean, it's you sort of feel exasperated by the whole thing, but if this is the first trench, I'm not going to protest. Yeah, and I'm with Deb. I'm like, where did I put those reusable masks? I have to find them again. But I think um, I think you're limited to what they can do in schools uh, if we're talking about putting them in schools because with my youngest being in grade one, um, I don't really think he understands the importance of not touching his face or not moving the mask around or not playing with it. So I think we're limited on how effective it'll be in schools. But yet with my oldest in grade four, I feel like it might help. But I, I don't think a mandate is the right choice, but I I feel that people should feel comfortable wearing a mask. I'm wearing a mask right now because I have a cough. Not right now. <laughs> but when I leave the house, I wear a mask because I've got a really bad cough right now. Um, and I want other people to feel comfortable that they're not going to be judged. Okay. And Bob Richardson, your thoughts? Look, uh, I, I think uh, uh, if they say we need to do it, then then we should do it. Uh, it did jolt me into thinking I should go out and get my uh, next shot and I should get my flu shot. I haven't really thought about this stuff for a long period of time. So, uh, and look, if it helps the kids, let's go ahead and do it. I would like to ask the question, though, why are we in this sort of mess? It seems like Toronto or, or, or Ontario, we're in this. Is this going on in London and Paris and Berlin and L.A. and other places too as well? Or is this particular to us locally? I'll have to uh, pursue that line of inquiry. I shall do so today. But I think it's a question worth asking, especially because Ontario had the toughest crackdown of any jurisdiction outside of uh, Australia and New Zealand. Meanwhile, uh, parents shelling out for kids' medication. And Michelle Morrow, we're talking uh, people trying to basically auction off cold medication at Amazon for like 300 bucks for a bottle of pills. Yeah, it really does bring out the worst in humanity, I think, yeah. when you see things like that. To, to know that, that there are people with whose kids are suffering and you're just thinking about making a profit, that's, that's a whole other discussion. Um, but I, it can be really scary. I know when, the, when they said there was a shortage, that there was talk that you could um, apply to get some from behind the counter at the pharmacist. And then um, I believe my kids had RSV because they both had really high fevers and um, really bad coughs. And there was no Tylenol to be had. And luckily, a friend of mine had picked up an extra box of chewable, chewable Advil for kids, and she very nicely shared it with my family. And I don't know what we would have done without that. It's really scary. Yeah, well, Bob Richardson, worth mentioning, Michelle said something like this brings out the worst in people, but it's also brought out some incredible generosity. A lot of people saying, okay, well, my kid's not sick now. I worry my kid could, could get sick, so I'm going to reserve some of this medication, but I'm, I'm willing to share and for free. Yeah, which I think is fantastic. And that's, that's great. I do ask the question, where is government on this? I mean, if, if, if people have seen this coming down the pipe now for several month, uh, months, 
can we not get relief from some of our allies? Are there partners out there that we're uh, that we can access more medication from? And does the government have a point person on this issue? I noticed in the article I read it said Health Canada, which is sort of a faceless bureaucracy. Um, when you when you have a problem like this, it's good to have a point person who's responsible, who's kind of the czar trying to uh, solve the problem. Well, and Deb Hutton, just to add to our problems, apparently there's a romaine lettuce shortage out there as well. I don't know if there's a role for government there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think that should be their priority, John. I, I do <laughs> think that maybe we should worry about the drugs. Um, we, we also have a, a positive situation in our neighborhood where there's a parents group and somebody was desperate and somebody offered it up, and I, I think that's amazing. Uh, we took the kids to the Bills game yesterday, so crossed the border, and one of my priorities was to head into the nearby Target, which was not at the border but closest closer to where the stadium is in Orchard Park completely sold out empty shelves yeah. it was it was and i i was very hopeful and my intention was to bring back as much as i could uh so that i could share and that we would have some supply but i had zero luck meanwhile doug ford revealing that as part of the fall economic update um the gas tax is going to continue we're going to have a holiday from the gas tax for another full year um bob richardson is that good policy because i still you know i've looked at the accounting and i know that mark tui was very persuasive on round one one, but I'm not absolutely convinced that the money isn't going to the oil companies. Yeah, well, there's that. And here's the other thing, you know, the uh, the province of Ontario with the other provinces is running ads right now, attacking the federal government for not putting enough money into health care and saying we desperately need more money in health care. But at the same time, we're getting a uh, holiday on gas tax. We're getting free stickers uh, for our car, our cars, which is costing over a billion dollars. Government costs money, and I think I'd rather see it going into the services that we require right now, helping kids that we were just talking about, and uh, putting money into health care as opposed to a gas tax holiday. Although, Michelle Morrow, it's always going to be popular. You know, I've been pointing out this morning on the show that this is not a tax form of tax relief that I necessarily need, and maybe we could spread it around a little better. And the only answer I get from people is, well, fine, why don't you just pay that tax to, you know, to the government? And have No, I'm talking about how it's not means-tested and it's not practical. I agree. It's very nice at the I hate to say the checkout, but it's very nice on my pocketbook to know that I don't have to um, pay for that, that I know I'm saving money that way. But when you take something out of the budget, you have to find a way to put it back in. Otherwise, we're um, shrinking our budget, which is perhaps not the best thing to do right now. And we are so aware of how much our medical system is flailing and how much we need our nurses to be paid a decent wage and that sort of thing. If we're losing money here, where are we making it up? Deb Hutton, last word on this file. Well, so the problem is, whether you agree with it in the first place or not, to not extend it, if the Premier hadn't made this announcement, we'd all be facing a hike. And that is the problem with this. And I don't think anybody can afford a hike right now. Okay. So another year of lost revenues is worth the price. Well, I, I just I think you can't add to people's burdens. So again, we can have a discussion whether it was the right tax or the wrong tax. I'm with you, John. I don't think it was the right thing to do. And I do worry that the, the oil companies do absorb it. But again, if the premier were to say today it is going to sunset as was intended, we'd all be decrying the fact that nobody can afford more at the pumps. Okay, what do we make the two guys were arrested for running a storefront operation, which actually was named Shroomies? 
and they were selling edibles derived from magic mushrooms. Uh, Bob Richardson takes a degree of moxie to run a retail outlet where you sell an illegal drug. Uh, but at the same time, maybe this presses the point that we should be getting out of the business of telling people what they can and cannot use. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I only ever did that once. Uh, I was in Amsterdam, and I remember I thought a painting was uh, chasing me in an art gallery. So uh, I'll, I'm not a big shrooms kind of guy. Uh, but look, uh, I think we need standards. Uh, we need to uh, have rules in place around these things. I don't think everybody should be allowed to set up a mom and pop stand with uh, shrooms or other uh, other drugs. Uh, I think they should be readily accessible, but I think they should be uh, accessible in an organized fashion. Deb Hutton, I think a lot of people think that there's a certain Cheech and Chong aspect to anybody who might consume these drugs. And yet in science and medicine, they're discovering they have incredible practicality. As a matter of fact, people who are terminally ill who go on a trip, supervised, um, say that they lose their fear of death. Which is great, but that doesn't mean it's just wide open for anybody all the time uh, and that my kids can access it at a, a young age, quite frankly. So I'm with Bob. We need some rules. We need some parameters and we need enforcement. Michelle Morrow. Um, I think it's really interesting that in the last election, Colorado actually passed an initiative to make shrooms uh, regulated and legal. So perhaps this is what's coming. But right now you have to follow the laws in the books and they're illegal. So they should have been shut down as they were. Uh, the renaming of Dundas Street, according to city councillor uh, Stephen Holliday, is still a hot file in his office. And Michelle, I'd forgotten the, initi- the issue even existed. So if we haven't shot past a point of no return, should we just give it the whole thing a rest? I'm, I'm really... Oh. I want to say I'm torn because it must be frustrating when you when you know what impact this person had on your um, ancestors in history. It's hard to get past that. But at the same time, the effect that it's going to have on not just re- renaming the streets, but also the businesses who where Dundas is in their name, um, the people who are going to have to change so much of where of what how they do business to letting people know that their names have changed. And it's going to cost a lot of people a lot of money. And is it going to make a difference? Is it going to change the way we look at history or is it still going to are people still going to call it Dundas Street the way we still call the Sky Dome the Sky Dome? You know, is it really going to make that much of an effect and is it worth the cost? And I don't think so. Bob, the councillor made an interesting point, which is it's going to be in the area of about $10 million to change the name of Dundas Street in Toronto. And why don't we just take $10 million and throw it at education? 100%. I agree with the councillor on this one. This is nuts. We can't afford to do this. There's another 60 that they're they're saying could potentially uh, be be renamed to as well. That's hundreds of millions of dollars. We do not have the money to do that. Let's make this a teachable moment. If if there's uh, history there that's uh, been inappropriate on a plaque or uh, helping kids uh, teach uh, kids in classes and uh, things of that nature. But I, I just think there's a whole lot of things we need to do in these cities, in, in this city, and spending a quarter of a billion dollars uh, changing 60 streets, uh, street names ain't it. Well, and Deb Hutton, you know, I was on campus last week at Ryerson, which is now Metropolitan U, and I just thought, why was all of this necessary in the first place? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Bob Bob said it very well. Uh, the only caveat I put on this, so I, I, I think it was a bad decision to start with. I think if you're going to spend money, it should be on education so we do not repeat these issues. 
However, we have such a knack in this city for just revisiting and revisiting oh, yeah. and revisiting and revisiting <laughs> that part of me says, I don't care at one point. Let's just get on with one way or another. Thank you all. Good to have you this morning. That's our time for more in the morning. That's okay. My thanks to Joe Cristiano and Nick Marano for their work mostly behind the scenes. Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.